welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you're subscribed on iTunes, that way you don't have to ever think about it and you never miss a single show. Thank you everybody for tuning in to the show. This is going to be a good one. I'm very excited about this episode. Because I've been wanting to do this show pretty much since I started this ye old Rock Strikes 10 podcast. It is a, basically a hybrid genre that I'm a big fan of. And sadly, there is not a lot of stuff out there that can be described as such. And, uh, you know, it just makes me sad. I'll do, you know, some commentary here and there throughout the show about this. But, and I actually heard this term to describe this certain genre a few years ago on the Talking Metal podcast when uh, 24-7 Spies came on the show, and that was a great episode, and I, I recommend you go back and check out that that one. I'll, I'll put a link on the blog. Uh, but they they said that they you know, were part of what is known as Heavy Metal Soul, and I remember listening to that and thinking, you know, it's a shame that that particular type of music it, it didn't really find a home in any kind of mainstream or or any real longevity as far as just the fact like a lot of different genres that started in the 70s and 80s especially seem to kind of go on and have a life and you can still find a lot of references about it but this particular type of a hybrid genre concerning heavy music and soul R&B music, basically. Uh, those two things coming together, it, it, it doesn't sound right on paper, at least a lot of people would think that, but when it did come together, I, I loved it, and I still do. So I wanted to do a whole show about it. Initially, I was like, well, finding 10, I gotta go to some of the usual suspects, and then dig a little deeper, and that was definitely the case. It took me a long time to come up with this show. I've worked harder on this show, than I have with anything else so far in the history of Rock Strikes 10. But I consider it time well spent, and I'm really happy and extremely proud and honored to share this music with you here today. So come along with me on this journey. If you're new to this type of stuff, I hope you get a massive kick out of it, and I hope you go buy a lot of these bands afterwards. Let's start off with something you're definitely going to know. Maybe not the song, but of course the man. The, the original, the godfather, the guy that really, you, you know, it's funny because he was pretty much an out-and-out rocker, but the guy definitely loved to incorporate the early parts of rock and roll, the blues and rhythm and blues and soul into his music. He, he liked to sprinkle it here and there, sometimes just go all the way with it, sometimes not even at all. But there couldn't be, in my opinion, the heavy metal soul genre without Jimi Hendrix. Of course, it's got to be Jimmy, and it's very uh, timely because there there is a brand new Jimi Hendrix album out, and yes, brand new. This is not really you know like there's no like it's no demos of songs you already know. This was the planned follow-up to Electric Ladyland. Uh, he spent uh, second half of 1968 and all of 1969 working on this material. Finally, got a proper release with the guy that was originally on the board, his producer, Eddie Kramer, who did all, you know, did a lot of stuff with him. 
And it's really cool to hear this. It's a, it's a brand new studio album by Jimi Hendrix. Like I said, legit. And it just came out a few weeks ago. It's called People, Hell, and Angels. So let's kick off tonight's show here with the guy that really got it going, Jimi Hendrix. This is the first track off of that new one. It's called Earth Blues. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. It's weird to say that. But that was Earth Blues off of the new album, People, Hell, and Angels. 
go check it out. I highly recommend it. If you are a fan and a collector of Jimmy, you're going to want to go. Actually, this is sounds like a really weird corporate show, but you're going to want to buy it at Target because there is an extra 20-minute live jam track on there. you got to love that. So go check that out. And, you know, Jimmy, the guy that made it safe for a lot of people. You know, you know, this is, of course, a, uh, you know, black rock-based show on this particular episode. And when it comes to somebody like Jimmy, it's, you know, a lot of people would say that it, he made it safe for black artists to play the electric guitar. I'd go further than that. He made it safe for electric guitar, period. I mean, because you think about the time that he came out, and there was a lot of crappy folk rock and, and hippie stuff going on that had nothing to do with, like, rock and roll. Like, people, not, not every band had an electric guitar. I'm not saying every band has to. I'm not even saying that now, but if he hadn't done what he did, it's like what Steve Vai said, if he hadn't done what he did back then, who knows? Because rock and roll would not be the same without Jimi Hendrix. So, thank you, Jimmy, for all that you did. Go support that Hendrix family project. All that stuff they've been putting out on Legacy is quality stuff. Damn sure. And I talk about Jimmy making it safe for the world of rock guitar and for black artists. Another band that did so much and, you know, probably considered the, the patriarchs of the heavy metal soul genre. I'm talking about Living Color. One of the great, great guitarists of all time, Vernon Reed. Vernon Reed is just amazing and... He's even cooler because he is one of the co-founders of the BRC, the Black Rock Coalition, which is definitely an organization that deserves way more press because they are in it for the art and in it for the music and also trying to really buck the system. It's uh, you know, I was reading some more about it before I did this show and basically they, they like to encourage artists who refuse to cater to the creative straitjacket that the industry has designed for them. And I hope, as time goes on, sooner than later, that this becomes a massive movement. Because I I want nothing more, honestly. And I I do mean that because I really think that there's still a lot of work to be done as far as how they treat black artists in the music industry. I mean, why aren't there more black musicians in the mainstream? I know they're out there. How could they not be? More rants to come. Let's get into some living color. Like I said, Vernon Reed, one of the co-founders of the BRC, started this band back in 1984, and they went all the way up to 1995, broke up, got back together in the year 2000, and they're still out there doing it, and I love them for it. Of course, those initial three releases are amazing. I highly recommend you get all those. Vivid, Time's Up, and Stain. Stain, very underrated album. I think Time's Up is actually a better album than Vivid. Vivid's great, but Time's Up is, you know, one of those things I like to call the artistic follow-up. They definitely improved on their sophomore album, and a lot of bands can't say that. But Living Color, true artists, and a great rock and roll band. Uh, This is a song that actually was a single release. It was the head single for Time's Up, but I, I don't think it really gets played much anymore. So I'm playing it here on my show. If you're a big Living Color fan, you're going to think this is an obvious one, but for others, maybe not so much. Everybody knows Cult of Personality, and Cult of Personality is a great song. I'm not going to front. One of the greatest hard rock slash metal songs of all time is Cult of Personality. 
But let's do something off of Time's Up. Here you go. This is type. Everything is possible. Turn this one up.
Alright, there you go. That was Type by Living Color off of their phenomenal 1990 record called Time's Up. Go get that record if you don't have it. Really purchase all your stuff and support the artist still. I know that... I know I sound like a preachy a-hole sometimes, but really, buy your stuff. Stop stealing shit, okay? You know, maybe if we start seeing more legit purchases on iTunes or Amazon or any of the other big places and they see you buying Time's Up by Living Color or, you know, that new Hendrix or some of the other cool things I'm going to play here uh, throughout the show, maybe we can make a difference, huh? Okay, that's all I'm trying to say. Uh, Living Color. What else can I say about Living Color? Well, um, I know Mick Jagger gets the credit for discovering them when they were playing at CBGB's, and Mick did help uh, do some production work on Vivid, and, you know, it's it's great. How can you not love Mick Jagger for not doing that? A guy who would readily admit to you that he would probably be nowhere without the contribution that black artists made to rock and roll and blues and R&B and soul. So... Good on you, Mick. Mick actually gets some background vocal credits on Time's Up as well. And th- th- that record's great. Like I said, it's crazy. And who else can say I, we got Mick Jagger on the record and James Earl Jones and Dougie Fresh and Little Richard. So what more can be said? It's a great record, so get it. So, um, you know, this is definitely one of those things where this is a gig I would have loved to have seen. Speaking of Living Color, they did some shows back in the summer of 2006. And they were booked, and it conflicted with the singer Corey Glover's schedule because he was on a national tour of Jesus Christ Superstar. So they had to get a a stand-in vocalist. And uh, it turned out to be Doug Pennick from King's X. If I could point to one guy that truly has it all in rock and roll, he'd be one of the select few. Doug Pennick from King's X. Plays that great left-handed bass, slung down to his knees. Has one of the greatest voices you will ever hear in rock and roll. He could do it all. He's a great writer. And seems like a hell of a guy. <laughs> and what what to play concerning King's X? I mean, I could have played you anything. I could have literally just thrown a dart, hit shuffle on the iPod, what have you. And I wouldn't have been disappointed with what I played here. But I found a really great song. This is the lead-off track from their album, Tapehead. And this uh, really drives home that heavy metal soul. Great harmonies on here and a heavy groove to boot. And that's what it's all about here today. This is King's X with Groove Machine.
Alright, that was Groove Machine from the great King's X from Katy, Texas, just right outside of Houston, about four hours from where the Rock Strikes 10 studios are. And uh, they've they've never left, really. I mean, they're still they're still true to their hometown in, in a lot of ways. So good on you, and King's X with the great Doug Pennick on lead vocals and bass. Uh, just one of the best voices you'll ever hear. That song was off of their 1998 record called Tapehead. They have 15 studio albums. I think like two or three live albums now. So there's a lot of stuff to get if you're just getting into them, but Get into these guys. You got a nice, massive, healthy, quality catalog to get into. So check it out. Moving on here, a band that is more known as a hardcore punk band. Definitely one of the leaders of the hardcore scene early on. A band called Bad Brains. You're like, why are you putting Bad Brains on your heavy metal soul show? Well, if you weren't aware, right around that time of, uh, you know, bubbling under of the heavy metal soul movement between the mid and late 80s. Bad Brain started putting out records that were a lot more, like I said, heavy metal soul based and not doing as much punk rock. So they were moving on to to this kind of new sound that was really new to everybody. So they seemed to be having fun with it. And the two albums that are really representative of that sound are Quickness and Rise. I really love those records a lot. I don't think they get enough love. But I'm going to give them some love here, and I'm going to go really deep because I'm a big Bad Brains fan. Uh, some people may not like this album, especially considering the fact that HR, the original vocalist, is not the singer on the album. A guy by the name of Israel Joseph uh, replaced HR for this record, but I think he kept the spirit going pretty well on it, and I want to play something on it because, you know, this wasn't supposed to work, but I think it worked. Uh, you know, it was, it was they were on a major label for the first time. They had a, a guy that was more known for producing glam rock acts, Bo Hill, who produced like Winger and Rat, and uh, Twisted Sister produced this album. But I think they got a really cool album out of it. All that being said, uh, this is my favorite song off of the Rise album. This one is called Free. Yeah. 
off of their 1993 album called Rise. Go check that out. If you don't have any bad brains, I would say you got to start from the beginning. Very first stuff and the Omega Sessions into that self-titled, that kind of stuff. Love Eye Against Eye, of course. It's a great record. It's one of my favorites of all time. So I'm just a big fan of the bad brains. So go check them out if you've never given them a chance. And uh, definitely an important part of you know, just really getting those hybrid genres going, and I will always love them for it. The, their latest two records especially, they're basically just taking everything that they've done in their career, and they do all of it at the same time. So they're doing metal and punk and reggae, and it's all there now. So they're even more alternative than they ever were when they were young, in my opinion at least. And I was mentioning how Bad Brains kind of uh, you know, got into that heavy metal soul genre. In the, in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, and there was that really, really small window where the, the big record industries and some of the bigger artists really started to take notice of what was going on and tried to incorporate it into their music. You know, even if it was just for a song or two, I think it, it definitely deserves to be said that it was happening just for a little bit. And look no further than... Uh, arguably two of the bigger solo artists of all time, uh, the two Jacksons, Janet and Michael. Uh, you had Michael on the Bad Album doing a song like Dirty Diana. You go and listen to that, he's got Steve Stevens on there playing lead guitar and shredding on it. And if that's not a heavy metal soul song, then I don't know what is. Go go check that one out again. That thing rocks. And when Janet did Black Cat in 1990, tell me that's not a hard rock song. And that's the first time she ever did something like that. She never really did it again, but that just goes to show you, and really neither did Michael, but uh, that just goes to show you that this was a happening thing, even just for a couple of years. I really wish it would have continued on, but hey, there you go. But I, I think those songs are definitely relevant to that genre, and they deserve to be talked about. And you've heard them, but go back and listen to them again. Tell me if I'm wrong or not. Joey at cnjradio.com. Continuing on here, uh, this next band, I, I felt that, you know, especially after Living Color and King's X came around, this band started happening, and they came out of basically suicidal tendencies. I think you know where I'm going with this, but the great suicidal tendencies from Southern California, a uh, really hard part of California, <laughs> and you know, basically, I, I did notice, like, around 1990, 89, stuff like that, that Suicidal was starting to get a little funkier. And definitely the addition of Robert Trujillo on bass definitely helped, or hurt, depending on your opinion. But they started to play funkier stuff. The bass lines got really cool. And, you know, maybe it kind of scared them, or maybe they were hearing from their fans a little bit that they were maybe going a little over the top with it, so... So Mike and Robert started up this side band called Infectious Grooves, which really took all of it 
all of the stuff that like Bad Brains does now, and all of the stuff that they were into, whether it be metal, punk, funk, hip hop, whatever, and put it all into infectious grooves. And it was definitely a band you could tell that they were free to be free and not be within the confines of maybe what their genre offers them sometimes, whether it be punk or metal or punk metal. Even that can be limiting, I'm sure, and I love that stuff. But uh, sometimes you just want to dance, and that's what Infectious Grooves does. And and also kind of bang your head at the same time. So that's really what I love about this genre, and this is definitely one of the songs you got to put in a playlist if you're making a playlist for Heavy Metal Soul. So check it out. And, you know, if you watched Headbangers Ball back in the day, you know some infectious grooves. You saw videos like Punk It Up and Therapy with Ozzy. And even maybe these freaks are here to party off of Sarsipius's Ark, the second album. But the third album, Groove Family Psycho, to me, that's when they really put out their best album. And I love those first two albums, but I think the third one is the best. And that's what, how I feel. So uh, I'm going to give you Exhibit A for that. This is the lead-off track from Groove Family Psycho. Robert Killen at the beginning on the bass, of course. And there's a little fr- little bit, a little bit of a Frank Zappa connection here on this album, but I'll let you know what that is after the song. Until then, check it out. This is Infectious Grooves with Violent and Funky. <laughs> Cause for me that's damn easy Cause I hate myself 
a penny earned, but I stole a case of bigots. You're a hell of a lot joker. Infectious Grooves with Violent and Funky off of the Groove Family Psycho record. Go check that record out as one of the truly great lost albums from the 90s. And uh, like I said, Mike Muir, Robert Trujillo on that album. Dean Pleasance and Adam Siegel, who I believe actually had a hand in the first two records as well. And on the first two Infectious albums, actually, Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction played drums. But for this one, they had, uh, I believe, a 14- or 15-year-old kid by the name of Brooks Wackerman playing drums on here. And Brooks is a hell of a drummer. He kills on this record. Uh, he is the son of Chad Wackerman, who is one of the great Frank Zappa drummers of all time. And there's a lot of great drummers in, in Frank's universe for sure, but Chad is one of the best. And uh, so there you go. If any Zappa fans out there, and yes, I'm especially looking at you, Andrew Jacobs, uh, I think would appreciate that. So check it out, Groove Family Psycho. Moving on here, we got plenty more to come. And this is going to be one of those obvious bands. You know, when you hear me talking about this genre, you would immediately think Living Color. And some of you may go here as well. No, I'm not talking about the Chili Peppers. They are not on this episode. I'm talking about a band called Faith No More. Band not afraid to mix and match it up. And I think they belong on this list, you know. And if, and if you think that they don't, then maybe you might not be colorblind. That's all I'm trying to say. But seriously, Faith No More, you know, yeah, they had Chuck Mosley, uh, he was their original singer. And you know what? I don't think that they had the same kind of soul that they did later on when Mike joined the band. I think Mike brought a lot of soul to the band. And I think when they did that stuff like covering the Commodores Easy and stuff like that, I I don't think they were kidding. If they were being tongue-in-cheek, that was kind of lost on me because what they put into that is amazing. And they never gave up on doing stuff like that, even if it was sporadic here and there. 
When they went soul, they definitely did it well, and better than almost anybody else at that time. Here's a great example of that. This is off of their fourth full-length album, called King for a Day, Full for a Lifetime. One of the great songs that was a miss as a single, and it was released as a single, just didn't do anything, but I, I think this song is brilliant. Check it out. Wah-wah guitar and all. This is Faith No More with Evidence. Head and you won't even 
was evidence off of the album king for a day full for a lifetime whatever album that song is on go get it because there's a couple of best ofs that always have it on there and king for a day i think is a really great record as well not even their best but still amazing especially by other band standards definitely raise the bar and definitely a band that will be appreciated way more 50 to 100 to 150 years from now they'll only be more appreciated as time goes on and they'll be like why didn't the world, especially the United States, embrace this more after their initial success? So we can be we can be pretty stupid as a whole sometimes, especially when it concerns our musical artists and where we place them after time. But yeah, I digress. Moving on here, you know, I was talking about earlier where Bad Brain started to incorporate more of a hard rock, heavy metal influence into their playing, uh, possibly due to the influence of the Black Rock Coalition. Here's another band that definitely started off as one thing and then started to bring that heavy metal and hard rock influence in there. A band called Fishbone. Love me some Fishbone. No matter what kind of style they're playing, I am in. Whether it's the early ska, ska pop, ska punk stuff that they did. But as uh, as the late 80s kind of started happening, they started to do this. And I think when you hear a song like this, you're going to be like, wow, I didn't. Didn't expect that out of him. If you're not familiar with this era of Fishbone, I think you're going to be very surprised. Just amazing, ridiculous performances on these two albums, especially uh, the album The Reality of My Surroundings from 1991. I'm going to play the lead-off track from this. Uh, also an album that has the same kind of stuff on it, really, is uh, the Give a Monkey a Brain, He'll Swear He's the Center of the Universe album. Those are really cool. They They got back to more of a ska-punk thing after a while, but I really think this is an interesting point in their history. I still need to check out that documentary of theirs. Uh, so, Everyday Sunshine. I'm, I'm sure it's a great watch. But until then, check it out. Like I said, the lead-off track from The Reality of My Surroundings from 1991. This is Fishbone, throwing it down with Fight the Youth. Bye. 
children It makes me wonder if the quest for peace will one day subside I'm not afraid to waste the hopeless battles I must fight I could never lose, I know my cause stands in the light But take a look around the youth off of their album the reality of my surroundings if you've never witnessed whether it's on video or live angelo moore the leader of fishbone if you've never seen what he does on stage he is so ridiculously entertaining and amazing and just amped up he's like a he's like the crazy love child of iggy pop meets louis prima so it's very david lee roth of me wasn't it but uh, anyway, the next song I'm going to play here is by a band I mentioned at the top of the show, the great 24-7 Spies. This is one of those great haven't-heard-it bands. You know, you you may know these guys. You may have heard the name. Maybe you've never heard them before. But what a great band and definitely a band that deserved more as far as success in their career on a mainstream level. Just such a great band, and they're still doing it. They got back together recently. I was made aware of that, like I said, in that Talking Metal interview, which is great, once again. They put out this great record in 2006, kind of a comeback album for them, because they hadn't put out an album in like 10 years prior to this. 
this album called Face the Day, and it's it's pretty damn amazing. And really, it's it sucks. It's it's actually out of print already, even though it's only seven years old. So you're gonna have to probably get this one on iTunes. But check it out. This is the title track from that record. Here it is, 24/7 Spies with Face the Day.
band that coined the term heavy metal soul, and I love them for it. That was the great 24-7 Spies with Face the Day. And, you know, I, I might as well say this, uh, considering that a lot of you may not know anything about this band, but if you're going to go search for them, you have to do 24-7, and those are the numbers, and type in S-P-Y-Z. And uh, that's one of those things, if you go to iTunes and type up 24-7 Spies album, Face the Day, it's one of those great things where if you get into the album and you see the stuff listed below it, you get into that web, you'll come up with all of the great titles of this particular genre that I'm playing on the show here. So please go do that. Tell them Rock Strikes 10 sent you as well. Uh, if you need any further convincing, uh, there are appearances by Bumblefoot and a tribute to Dimebag on there and stuff like that. But check out Face the Day. It's, it might be the best record they've ever done, and they've had some stellar records. So, Moving on here. Got a few more songs to go. I think two more, actually. Getting into more modern stuff, I guess you would say, from this particular genre. And, you know, now I'm going to kind of get into a rant here, uh, these last two tracks, where uh, I kind of have to pad it a little bit in order to get 10. How sad is that? We have no representation in this genre. And I, you know what? I really hope that somebody emails me and be like, Joey, you're wrong. There, There's plenty more in here. They are. But I really tried. I did my homework. I did my research. I I, I did that thing where I typed in the, the searches on Amazon and iTunes and, and went to all the websites of the bands. And this is what I found, seriously. And I was I was thinking about playing something by, you know, stuff like Seven Dust and Skunk and Nancy because, you know, but I, I thought I was kind of playing the card a little bit. And, you know, I, I'm kind of treading on maybe some thin ice here. And I don't want to be uh, because I'm a fan at the end of the day. And I'm not trying, I'm not trying to go over the top with the black awareness, but I am and I'm not. And I don't know, you know, just help me out. Just just point at me and go look at this little white boy. But, uh, you know, something like Seven Dust, really, that'd be kind of pigeonholing them into something they're really not. Because, yes, they have a black lead singer, but there's not a terrible amount of soul incorporation into their music. And, you know, it's a, nothing wrong with them, really. I, I especially love the first two albums by Seven Dust, but there's not a ton of of soul in it, you know. Uh, this is with Skunk and Nancy, I'm a massive fan of Skunk and Nancy's skin. If you don't know her or haven't witnessed her, she is, I've gone on record saying she is the best female rock singer I have heard, like, since Pat Benatar. Uh, she is the standard right now, for me, for female rock singers. She has a ridiculous range, great presence, and her, her voice gives me chills on record, and I can't say that about almost anybody. So, what to do? You know, e even her music, it's it's very soulful, but, you know, Skunk and Nancy would probably be more relevant to this list than Seven Dust would. But, you know, I, I knew this would happen, so I, I went ahead and just said, you know what, I, th I think it's nice that they both be represented on this particular playlist. So I'm going to play something off of the second Seven Dust record, it's a song called Licking Cream, and as luck would have it, 
It's a duet with Skin from Skunk and Nancy. So here you go. Here's Lejean from Seven Dust and Skin from Skunk and Nancy with Seven Dust backing him up. This is a really cool collaboration called Licking Cream. So check it out. Two great examples of modern lead singers. Here you go. summit that was that was seven dust with lejean witherspoon on lead vocals along with skin from the great skunk and nancy doing a great duet there on licking cream off of the album home from 1999 so go check it out uh i'm I'm pretty much my my window of seven dust lies on those first two records i think they're really good uh not a huge fan of what they've been doing since then 
but if you know of a few uh, tracks here and there that may convince me otherwise, let me know. But moving on here, we got one more song to play, and you're gonna you're gonna really accuse me of padding here, but like once again, what else was I supposed to do? I mean, I I I, I want more examples. Please tell me that I missed the boat. Please give me more examples of this particular type of music. I will gladly play them on the show. I will gladly purchase them legitimately, much as I did with this one. There's a brand new album out called Pennant Gale's Prigion. It's on the Magna Carta label. You need to go check this record out. It is a power trio supergroup of some of the top-tier black rock artists going right now. The aforementioned Doug Pennock from King's X is the lead singer and bass player on the album. The guitar and lead guitar, of course, is supplied by the great Eric Gales. Uh, Eric Gales has been doing it for over 20 years now, not even 40 years old yet. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, mostly known as a session guy, although he has a lot of solo albums out as well. I think he has about 10, 10 studio albums out. Great guitar player. And uh, I think he might have been signed, like, in the early 90s, kind of in the wake of, of all the, you know, Vernon Reeds of the world and stuff like that. So, but uh, Eric Gale's a guy that should be known way more than he is right now. And Thomas Pridgen, who just got done playing drums for the Mars Volta. Uh, they, they have this album out, and like I said, it's called Pinnock Gale's Pridgen. You need to go check it out. It's a really cool listen, and... What else can be said? I'm closing the show out with them. You need to get this record. And uh, this is probably my favorite song on the album, at least as of right now. It's a song called Angels and Aliens. Here you go. <laughs>
by closing out the show tonight with Angels and Aliens. That was Pennick Gale's Prigion off of their new album. Go check that one out. Go buy that record. Like I said, legit buy your stuff. Support these artists and let the industry know we want more stuff like this. Please, if not for you, do it for me, right? Yeah, before I go, I, I can't help it. I gotta say it, really. Um, I have this forum, I have this podcast here, and I would just really like to say, this is going to sound so weird, man, but I, this is from the heart, and I'm not trying to be like, uh, you know, some poser or whatever that, that's, it's like, you know, I'm going over the top with the black awareness thing. I know I said that earlier, but if you're a kid out there, if you're an African-American kid, male, female, I don't care. If you love rock and roll, then don't ever stop loving it. And if you have any kind of inkling to be a musician or, you know, basically, or any kind of artist as it pertains to playing an instrument, don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Please do it. I'm begging you. I want you to change this industry because it needs it in the worst possible way. You invented the thing, take it back. Please, take it back. That's that's all I got. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It's from the heart. I love all this stuff. Go buy everything on here that I played. Uh, you know, even if it's just a song or two, support it. Support it any way you possibly can. Thank you for joining me here on this show. Go to cnjradio.com for more information. Uh, feel free to chat with me. Like me on Facebook. Let's talk about this episode. Let's do it on Twitter at RockStrikes10. And of course, email joey at cnjradio.com. If you're from any of these bands, contact me. I'd love to have you on the show. Let's have some fun. You pick the records. Thanks a lot. Have fun. I know you got to say